Hello, ladies and gentlemen. So tonight, I know it's taking a little bit, but tonight we're going to be talking about all the matches, uh, matchups that we have coming up in the NFL playoffs. Those matchups are the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs, the Titans and the Ravens, the Packers and the Seahawks, and the Vikings and the Niners. So... I think we're going to open up talking about the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans, aren't we, Franklin? Yes, sir. The Titans and the Ravens play the night game tomorrow, Saturday, I believe, January 11th. And uh, honestly, bro, I have the Ravens winning this one. You and I both have the Ravens winning this one. Uh, Simply because... I don't see, even though the head coach for the Titans is Mike Vrabel, and he is a former all-time great at linebacker, and he knows his defensive philosophies, I just don't see the Ravens, uh, the Titans defense being able to shut down Lamar Jackson, and then you also have the threat of not only Lamar Jackson, but a healthy Mark Ingram to add on to that rushing attack is just I look at the Ravens rushing attack as an unstoppable force right now. Yeah, the Ravens on the ground are averaging two hundred and six yards per game and the the closest team in the AFC behind them is at hundred and thirty nine yards and that's the Titans. But something a stat that I was gonna throw out there was the Titans, um, out of all the teams that are left in the AFC, they actually have the second best rush defense behind behind the Ravens. Listen to what you just said. Second best behind the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens have I, the best rushing defense. I will say this. I think that matchup is going to come down to the two running backs. You have Mark Ingram. Obviously, you have Lamar Jackson. They're in Baltimore, and Lamar is a whole different uh, can of worms there if you want to talk about uh, rushing ability. But you have Ingram, and then on the other side of that, at the running back spot, you have Derrick Henry, who, in his own right, is a beast at the running back spot for Tennessee. Yeah, it was nasty last week uh, watching Derrick Henry just absolutely run all over the number one ranked defense in the entire NFL. He put up 182 yards of rushing. He absolutely destroyed him. Yeah, and I believe um, he also had a nice little 22-yard reception that set up a um, touchdown. I believe either in the late part of the second of the second quarter or the early part of the third quarter of that game, so we see that Henry is a, a running back that can use force to just basically bust over a defense, but he also has the ability to be a receiving threat out of the backfield, much like a um, much like a Damian Williams for Kansas City. Sean McCoy. Well, to touch on that point, that drive that you were talking about, 
Um, the Titans ended that drive with a touchdown scored by Derrick Henry, but literally every play in that drive was to Derrick Henry. I think they like ran it with him like six or seven times. And they there was pass one pass which was the to Derrick Henry, which was to Henry to set up the short yardage uh, touchdown run. Which brings up something that concerns me about the Titans this week. I think we were talking about it a bit earlier. Was that in that win last week versus the Patriots? Tannehill only threw, what was it, like 72 yards? yards. 72 yards, yeah. There's no way that the Titans beat the Ravens this week. Uh, I'm going to tell you this right now. In order for the Titans to even have a chance to beat the Ravens offensively, you got to have Derrick Henry on his game. And to me, you have to have uh, Tannehill at least throwing for at least 200 yards. Yeah, there's no way he's going to get by throwing 72 yards. No, not against that Ravens defense. Not when you have someone like Earl Thomas at that free safety spot who's been a ball-hawking safety throughout his whole NFL career. In the 2019-2020 regular season, the Ravens scored 33.2 points per game, the most in the entire NFL. Mind you, that's mostly been on the legs of Omar Jackson. Exactly, and the Titans um, allow 20.7 points per game, which is the third most out of all the defenses left uh, in the AFC, the four teams. It's the third most. (laughs) That's kind of crazy when you think about it. Being that their um, head coach is who he is, Mike Vrabel, you would think, you know, that he... Not that he doesn't pay attention, but that he would pay more attention to the defense, being that he's a former linebacker himself. For the Patriots, mind you, for the most part, I mean, the man did spend the lighter part of his career in Kansas City, but for the most part, he was with Belichick, and he was the Mike linebacker for some very good Patriot defenses back in the day. Let me ask you a question. Do you think there's a way that the Titans can basically shut down the Ravens' offense? Do you think that's possible? I think it's possible. I think it's unlikely. But if they are to do it, one, you'd have to have somebody kind of spying a Lamar Jackson. Um... But also, you'd have to have somebody who's quick enough in terms of reading what the offense is going to do to be able to get back there and make some uh, tackles for losses. Because as we've seen, yeah, when Mark can take off of his feet, but if you have a healthy Mark Ingram back there too, you have the threat of not only um, is Lamar there and he can run, but you also have, he can hand it off to Ingram, and Ingram can go 80 yards if he's healthy. Um, I will say this. Um, well, Lamar, to me, doesn't have the best arm in these playoffs. That belongs to Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. But he does have a good enough arm that if you pay too much attention to his running ability, he can tear you up with his arm as well. 
Well, to touch on that a little bit, the Ravens are actually one of the more unbalanced teams in the, that's left in the league. They they average more rush yards per game than passing yards. They. Yeah, but look at like I said earlier, who their quarterback is. Out of all the teams left, they averaged the they averaged the least passing yards in the entire season. Well, look at who's left. It's them. It's Tennessee. It's Green Bay, it's Kansas City, it's Houston. The Dolphins averaged more passing yards than the Ravens did this season. But, I mean, that's, that's an interesting point. The Dolphins are pretty good this season. The latter half of the year. Uh, five and eleven, yeah. You're being kind the of... second half of the season, the Dolphins were pretty darn good. But, yeah, but when we start doing that in the second half, it's not going to mean much. It's going to give you, obviously, the fifth pick in the draft. Which, mind you, if they get who I think they're going to get, they'll have a way better quarterback moving forward. But that's neither here nor there right now. It's going to be hard to find a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick was in the second half. I mean, you get Tua. That's the future. But next year, I I would be remiss if Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't under center for the Dolphins. He might be under center, depending on who they get. Um. Anyway, back to the Ravens and the Titans. Exactly. I think that the Ravens are gonna win this game. It it might be a close game, but it also might be a Ravens blowout. If it's a close game, I'd say probably uh twenty three twenty in favor of the Ravens, just simply because. I feel like the threat of a Lamar Jackson a Marking um and Marquise Brown if if Marquise Brown can make some key plays uh receiving the football um it's gonna be way too much for that defense. Let me ask you a question: If the Titans go all out on stopping the run, do you think Lamar Jackson could get it done with his arm and only his arm? I uh, I think he could, but it would have to be. One of these situations where they move him out of the pocket to try to create plays and create passing lanes. Um, And I don't think he's as as well throwing on the run as he is just getting out of there and going 60 yards with his feet. Um, Not to... Be I'd be remiss if I said, you know, that he can't do it because we've seen him do that too. But he's no, you know, Pat Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, where you know that's what they excel at. Um, he doesn't excel at that. What he excels at is being able to get out of the pocket and run. He can make uh, plays with his own, but. You know that's that what that's what the knock on him was coming in to the twenty eighteen draft was not having good enough of an arm, but like not that he doesn't have a great a good arm, but he doesn't have that great arm. So I feel like if he does get something done with his arm, it would have to be moving him out of you know the standard pocket. Yeah, I think that would be a really solid move by the Titans coaching staff to just 
focus on the run and make Lamar beat you in the passing game. But I'm going to throw out a couple stats here for you. Um, out of all the teams that are left in the AFC, the Ravens' defense allows the fewest yards per game on the ground and through the air, the least points, they force the most turnovers, and they have the best turnover differential. Well, when you have someone like Earl Thomas there, kind of quarterbacking your defense, that's to be expected. I mean, you got to remember where Earl Thomas came from. He has a great pedigree in football. He came from one of the, one of the most dominating colleges in the world in Texas where he was coached hard. Then he goes on and has a solid career in Seattle, which is one of the other teams that remaining in, in these playoffs. So, you know, he has a solid career there. And coming from Seattle, he was a highly sought-after free agent, uh, free safety, that just, you know, the Ravens ended up winning that bidding war. Um, but I can I can tell you that bidding war came down to, like, I believe it was Ravens and Cowboys. And, you know, I feel like with someone like that, you just, you know, he's a can't-miss safety in that situation. So to summarize, I think we both have the Ravens winning this game. Uh, what do you think the score will be? 23-20. If it's any more than that, I'd say maybe... 30 to 27, somewhere in that range. I'm going to piggyback on your 23 to 20 because these are two good defenses, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw two scores out there. I think it, it could be 23-20, but I do think that there's a scenario that the Ravens just blow the Titans out of the water, so I'm going to say 35 to 21. I mean, that's not really blowing them out, but... Okay. I, I mean... The only way I, I see the Titans winning this game is, like we talked about earlier, if for some reason Lamar has to go out because they're getting deemed up and they, you know, he can't return. Question. Is the MVP voting done or can Lamar Jackson still uh, sway the votes? Like, let's say he plays terribly. Could people decide not to vote for him? I believe it's done. He got 47 out of the 50 votes. So was he MVP? He will be. Oh, they just haven't announced it. Uh, I believe MVP is announced either right before or right after the Super Bowl. Interesting. So um, he got 47 of the 50 votes. And there's a reason he didn't get three of the votes. But that's, I'll, that's from the conversation. So moving on to the next game on our, on our conversation, um, the 49ers and the Vikings. That that should be a hard-fought game. It, it, it should be. I have the Niners winning that game, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the Niners win this game. But I, I would like to point out that I, I think we both had the Saints winning the game last week. I think everybody did, and the Vikings... Somehow won that one. Yeah, but, I mean, let's be honest. Garoppolo's kind of been on a tear this year. Yeah, I think he's 
um, you know, outside of Lamar Jackson. If if Jackson doesn't have the kind of season he had this year, and you know he has a terrible season, um, I see Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy G kind of being the front runners for MVP. I don't think Jimmy G belongs in that conversation for MVP. Honestly, like, I think there's okay. a couple reasons for that. But um, Jimmy G has a really good team around him. I think, I mean, he's thrown 13 interceptions this year, which is the most, I think, out of any of the quarterbacks left. Actually, uh, him and uh, Lamar are tied. Tied for 13? Well, in I, the NFC, I believe. In the NFC, Jimmy G has 13 interceptions. And... Carson Wentz, which he he was knocked out last week. He almost has double the amount of interceptions as he did. He threw for almost four thousand yards. Uh, yet okay, Patrick for, threw for four thousand thirty-one. So was, what's your point? He was sacked thirty-six times. My point with Jimmy G is I I just I don't have as much faith in him as you do. I guess. Um, because you haven't seen Jimmy G. Play. No, I've seen him play. Oh I haven't seen every game, but I've seen him play. Um, and I'm just not ready to throw him out there as an MVP candidate. I, I honestly, I would throw Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I in the second half of the season, oh god, I would throw Ryan Fitzpatrick. The quarterback not, of not the in the MVP conversation. I would take Ryan Fitzpatrick over Jimmy G. Right now, if. If I had the starter team and you gave me either Jimmy G or Ryan Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic as you Dolphin fans uh, call him this season, I would take Garoppolo. One, for a couple of reasons. One, he's much younger and you, you he's still developing. So you can develop him into... Whatever kind of quarterback you need him to be. Two, outside of this season, Fitzpatrick really hasn't been all that reliable of a, of a guy. I mean, he's been on eight freaking teams. Well, let me say this. I think that the reason I'm not as high on Jimmy G, I guess, as you is because I feel like Jimmy G has everything going for him on that Niners team. He's got... A solid offensive line. He's got. Uh, he doesn't have the best uh, receiving core, but he does have one of the best tight ends in the NFL in George Kittle. And he has behind Travis Kelsey. Behind Travis Kelsey. Um, but behind the behind the Forty ers are right behind the Ravens for the best rushing attack in the entire league. So he's got a lot of things going for him that might make him look better than if okay, he was on a team. Okay, but some of Lamar, and Lamar is about to win it. And he's about to win the MVP, yeah, but Lamar was just on a completely different level than Jimmy G. Like, let's be honest. You can't. Let's be honest. Coach Harbaugh had to completely reinvent his whole offense for the type of quarterback that Lamar is, where Kyle Shanahan didn't have to do that for Jimmy G. But Lamar still has to do with his legs. He he has that extreme ability to juke people and. And you're saying a guy like Patrick Mahomes doesn't. Well, Patrick Mahomes is a different 
animal than Lamar Jackson. He's Pat, a beast. Pat, Pat Mahomes isn't gonna. They're not gonna run options with Pat Mahomes because he he he's just not built that way. He's gonna get hurt if. I mean, like I mean, I've seen him run options. What in college? College, a couple in pro. Last year. They can't... It, I it, mean, they don't do it as much as Lamar, but they can't, I've seen the man do it. Andy Reid cannot run Pat Mahomes like Harbaugh runs Jackson because Pat Mahomes will end up getting hurt. He can. It's just... He chooses he not... He chooses hurt. not to because he knows Mahomes' abilities. Mahomes is too and, and he a all, to throw him out there. You know, that's my point Mahomes. is he knows... The kind of player he has in Pat, and that without Pat, the Chiefs season goes down the toilet. I will say this: Jimmy G still has to sell me on his abilities. I'm I'm still not sold from what I see. Did you not see him in the couple of Patriots starts he had? I saw him against the Dolphins when uh, I believe somebody hurt him on the Dolphins team. I mean, he 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 played really well in the first half of that game. Yeah, but. I mean, the Patriots at the time, they had, what, Gronk? They had, obviously, Bill Belichick. That's not even the point, because you don't have Gronk in San Francisco. Well, you don't Kittle. have Gronk in the NFL. Well, he has Kittle. Yeah, but Kittle, to me, is... He's a top three tight end, but he's not... At least, in my opinion, the top tight end in the NFL right now is wearing 87 for Kansas City. Look, um, I, I'm not saying that Jimmy G is a bad QB. What I'm saying is that I'm not nearly ready to put him in the MVP conversation. Because I think with all the talent that the Niners have on the team, I think that you could put Kirk Cousins in the as the quarterback for the Niners, and I think they're pretty much in the same spot they are. Kirk Cousins, and you're talking about a guy who has been in the league, what, seven, eight years, and... Just now won his first playoff game. Well, he was on the Redskins. That's... There's not much you can do about I mean, if you're a great quarterback, you do what you do with whatever you have. Look at what... Outside of last week and this year, look at Brady. He... There's been years where he didn't have anything... He's okay, always he had, had something. He had Welker. Welker's a Paul and, and Hogan. Yes, Welker's a Hall of Fame. I'm not going to doubt had that. And he's And, okay, and that begs the other question is, did Belichick make Brady or did Brady make Belichick? I guess we'll figure that out next year when they're not together. It's definitely both, but it, it helps a lot to have a coach that is basically a football genius. Okay, Coaching. so on that, on that note, does... Reed make Mahomes or does Mahomes make Reed? Well, it's a little bit of both because you can't you can't really isolate either of the. Either I of mean, them. but. And Andy Reed did have a pretty solid career let's in Philadelphia. Be, let's be when honest. He had I feel like right now, um, if 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 you're talking about that, and we'll talk about this in a little bit when we talk about the Kansas City Houston matchup, but I feel like. If you're talking about a resurgence, Mahomes is making Reed because I don't feel like Reed would be in this spot right now if Mahomes isn't the guy. You have to remember, though, and you pointed this out to me the other day, the, the Chiefs, I believe, won a playoff game. What was it? 
in like 2016 or 2017 uh, when Pat was a, a rookie started or, or uh, no. behind Alex Smith. He didn't win a playoff game. They, they made it to the playoffs. They made the playoffs and got bounced in the wild card by the Titans. Okay, so they the Chiefs were still a playoff team. I mean, I agree that they're not a Super Bowl. They weren't a Super Bowl contender until Pat uh, took over. But I mean, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Alex Smith, no matter who you got. I mean, they could have if he would have been coached better. Well, if they had the best defense in the league and like Randy Moss or something. <laughs> Randy Moss now or Randy no, Moss Randy in Moss back, back in the day. Because I don't think Moss could help anybody right now. No, right now, no. No digs at Randy Moss if, if you hear this, but uh, I don't think, given what today's NFL is, I don't think Moss could do much. Um. Anyway, so let's talk about the Vikings, the Vikings. a little bit. You the have, Vikings have a good defense. Um, you have Kirk Cousins there. You have Dalvin Cook. You have Adam Thielen, which, by the way, somehow he got you zero points in the last yeah. week of fantasy. He, I don't he, know how that happened. He absolutely handicapped the fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he the have a he lot took of, a big dump on your fantasy team. He really did. <laughs> But the Vikings, they have a lot of weapons. They have everything that you need to to win this game. They and Stephon Diggs last week. I know he didn't have a big game, but he he was very uh, fired up. He he was very. Let me ask you this. He, he wanted. You could tell he wanted to win. Let me ask you this, because you say say how all these teams still have a bunch of weapons, and they do. But who? Who's your top three tight ends left in the playoffs right now? Just Travis Kelsey, in. number one. George Kittle, number two. Are you forgetting that, Kyle Rudolph? Oh, Kyle Rudolph. I, I would probably have Kyle Rudolph as number three. Good. Well, let's be honest. Rudolph is the reason... They advanced past the Saints. Well, he's not the reason they advanced. He caught he caught the game winner. He caught the game winner. But anybody could have caught that game winner. Really, to be honest, that should have been Thielen, but it could have it could have been Adam Thielen. It could have been Stephon Diggs. You know, Um, it could have been Dalvin Cook. I mean, but I I feel like if if somehow Minnesota wins that game, to me on the legs of Dalvin Cook. It's a tough one to pick between Kyle Rudolph or um, Mark Andrews because of how important Mark Andrews is to that passing game in the Ravens, especially if the if the Titans decide to uh, turn Lamar into a But would it be Kelsey? Because I feel like... No, it's Kelsey for sure. Kelsey's more important to his offensive success. I mean, obviously, you have Patrick Mahomes or you have Tyreek Hill, but outside of those guys... Like, he's the most uh, offensively dynamic player they have. The Vikings have a solid defense. They have a lot of weapons on offense. But they're just they're just not as good of a team as the 49ers. The Niners have the best defense left in the NFL uh, of all the playoff teams. They have the best rushing attack other than the Ravens, which they don't have to worry about that Ravens rushing attack until they, if they make it to the Super Bowl. Um, okay, 
So that matchup, Niners, Vikings, what's your score prediction? It's a tough one because they both have good defenses, but I really don't want to see a low-scoring, like, 10-7 to game, but I think it might be one of those games that end up, like, 14-10, you know, 49ers. 27-20. 27-20? In favor of the Niners because I feel like Jimmy G may not be on fire, but I think... He'll make enough plays. And if not him, like you said, they have one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL right now. So I feel like if it's not on him, it's going to be on that running back. But I just feel like somebody's going to make enough plays. I'm going to go ahead and say the Niners win this week 20-13. to 13. That's Decent. 27-20. All right, for our third matchup this week, we're going to be talking about the Packers and the Seahawks. This game, this is, I think this one is the toughest game to to pick a definite winner. I, I feel, like, yeah, I do too, because I feel like if one of these teams were an AFC team, I feel like this could be the Super Bowl matchup. Um, that being said, I have... In my mind, I have the Seahawks winning this one. I'm taking the Seahawks, too, and it's mostly because of Russell Wilson. Russell is a key piece. Very, very much so. He's very clutch, okay? He is, to the Seahawks, what Watson is to the Texans, what Mahomes is for the Chiefs. So he's very, very key. What Rodgers is for the Packers. But, going to sleep on Beast Mode. He's back there now. Going to sleep on Beast Mode. The Seahawks average 137.5 yards rushing per game. That's that's seven yards behind the 49ers, who are the the, the most potent rushing Okay, attack. but we're not talking about like the 49ers in this matchup. I know, but the Seahawks are second... In rushing out of all the teams that are left. And that defense turned uh, forced the most turnovers out of all the teams that are left. So, even though Rodgers is an all-time great, I, I think Russell Wilson, he, he threw over 4,000 yards, which he was the only... Besides Carson Wentz, he's the only... Oh, wait, Aaron Rodgers did throw over 4,000 yards this year. Okay. Um, he threw... Um. The only the thing for the Packers that I think might be the Achilles heel is I said this earlier in a conversation we had that everybody in the NFL these days it seems like are hiring offensive minded head coaches. One of those head coaches is Matt LaFour for the Packers. I feel like he's gonna focus a little too much on the offense and not enough on the de- on the defense, that and also just just the fact that like I just said, Russell is very very key in the Seahawks' success offensively. Um, also, I'd be remiss if I didn't um, mention names like Tyler Lockett and 
Outstanding rookie receiver, DK Metcalf. I know that the Packers just... won a lot of games this year. Like, what was it, like 10 or 13 or something like that? Something like that. But You'd have to ask Pastor Kevin to be I, honest. I'm still not sold on them for some reason. I'm, I'm not either. There's something about them that they're just... They seem to me like they're beatable. They are beatable, like, but not just beatable because every team is beatable. Like they're, they seem to me like very beatable. Like that, whatever wins they had, like twelve or thirteen or whatever it was, I feel like they're more of a ten win team. It's gonna, it's gonna land a, a lot on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers, and if they're gonna have any kind of good running game, it's gonna be the tandem of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Well, here's an interesting stat. Um, out of all the teams that are left, the Seahawks are the worst at sacking the quarterback at only 1.8 sacks per game. And I, I think that's going to be huge because that gives Rodgers a lot of time back there in the pocket. I it, it could, but... Rodgers was I mean, one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league this year. I, I think that's a weak spot that the Seahawks... Aren't going to be able to capitalize. I mean, to be honest, in order for them to rev up the pressure, guys like Jadavian Clowney, a former Houston Texan, and guys like Kate, um, Bobby Wagner, and I believe KJ Wright is still there, these guys are, are going to have to be able to apply pressure to the Packers' offensive line. And, and one of them is going to have to get home. Um, how they do that, I don't know, but they're going to have to be creative if they have any chance of disrupting that Packer offense. I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers win this one at home, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, like, I want to have faith, more faith in Aaron Rodgers, but... Honestly, he's playing Russell Wilson. I, I have the utmost I mean, faith in Russell Wilson. And, and not to be anything, but Rodgers, again, is one of those guys that he's getting up there in age. Yeah, exactly. He's kind so of decline. And we've already seen how it can get when him and the coach don't see eye to eye. I mean, that's why McCarthy's not there. That's why McCarthy is now in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, they just brought in Matt before. And so far, you know, it's been a marriage made in heaven as far as quarterback and head coach um, understanding. So, you know, but again, Mr. Rogers came in in 05, so he's getting up there in age. Where it's like, okay, does he have enough left in the tank to win one more? He already has one, can win another. It's really tough to make the prediction that the Packers are going to play one playoff game at home this year and lose. I mean, it is Lambeau. I think that's what we're both going to do. It is Lambeau. But I will say this, if Seattle does win... It's going to be on the arm and legs of Russell Wilson and on the connection that he has with his rookie receiver, Mr. D.K. Metcalf. 
the Seahawks beat the Niners earlier in the year, and then they lost, I think it was week 16 or 17 to the Niners. Um, I think it was week 17. They Clutch were, play by Jimmy G at the end of that one. The Seahawks would have won that game had Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll not both had a brain fart at the same time and get that a delay of game on the two-yard line. Yo, the, the Seahawks would have beat the best team, in the, the air quotes, best team in the NFC twice this year had it not been for that one lapse in, you know, time. The, the I mean, you got to have a winner and a loser in every football game. That's so. true, but... That that's mostly why I'm picking the Seahawks this week because the the best team in the NFC they they should have beat twice and I, I think I think they're gonna have to beat them obviously to get to the Super Bowl but how about that folks um okay so with that being said we have what. One more matchup to talk about. We have one more matchup, yeah, but it's um, Houston at Arrowhead. Let's get our let's get our uh, scores in for the Seahawks Packers game. I think this game, the Seahawks win in the fourth quarter, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Seventeen thirteen Seahawks. All right. Now we're on to our last matchup. I think we saved the best for last. Houston and Kansas City. I'm going to tell you this. This is going to be a hard one for me. Uh, I'm a Houston fan and have been since they came in. I was even a fan while I went to Oilers. However, being also a Texas Tech Red Raider fan and thus being a Patrick Mahomes and I also want to see him succeed. So this is going to be probably the toughest uh, matchup for me to watch this weekend. Um, Let me ask you a question. Who do you want to win this game? Who I want to win? Well, obviously I want my team to win. I also want my Patrick Mahomes to win. Um, because like I said, I want to see him succeed. This is why I told you it would be way easier for me if we would have matched Patrick Mahomes in that draft. Um, obviously, you know, freaking Kansas City moves up 17 spots and grabs him. But I, I think Houston was going to grab Deshaun regardless. Well, I have the Chiefs winning this game. You have the Chiefs winning this game. And a big reason for my pick is that they have a much better defense than the Texans do. Out of all the teams remaining in the AFC, the Texans have are allowing the most yards per game, the most pass yards per game, the third most rush yards. They allow the most points, um, and they have the worst turnover differential at zero for the entire season. They also sacked the quarterback the least amount of times. So pretty much across the board, the Texans have the worst defense left in the AFC. I mean... The Chiefs, on the other hand, are the best at sacking the quarterback. And I believe Deshaun Watson was sacked, what, like 40-plus times this year? Um, I'm not really sure you have stats on that. 
It's definitely a weak spot. Um, I will say this. Um, one thing about Deshaun that that allows teams to sack him so much, and probably the, the one thing that irks me so much about him is, although he can be a great quarterback, he has a knack for holding on to the football for too long. You know, they they say if you're a quarterback, you're supposed to have like a three to five second clock in your head. That three to five seconds is between the time that you hike the football and the time that you release the football. Mr. Watson has this issue where he'll hold on to it, hold on to it. And even if there's nobody there, I mean, obviously, you can either take off or throw it away. He doesn't even do that. I mean, yeah, maybe sometimes the man will take off. But, like, he just holds on to the football way too much. Um, And that is a big reason why he's been sacked so much. And it's also a reason why we took that chance and... Uh, got Laramie Tunzel from your Dolphins. Yes, sir. Um, I think that this is the most exciting and interesting game this week, and I'll tell you why. I think that this is the game that we're going to learn the most about... Both quarterbacks. Both quarterbacks and both teams, yeah. The, these are two... Yeah, Pat Mahomes had that great season last year where he threw 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. Yeah, Deshaun Watson played great last week and led his team to a comeback win in the playoffs. But this is a huge game for both of these guys' careers. Guys who, they got drafted, what? Deshaun was, what, 10? And, or, or no, Pat was 10. Pat was 10. Deshaun was 12. Exactly. These are guys that were drafted in the same they, They'll always be linked together. Not only because... They're in, in the same draft, but also because of all the quarterbacks playing this weekend, they're the ones that have the most uh, similar play styles. Who's had the better other. career so far, Pat or Watson? You're talking about stat wise, or talking about the better career, just whatever that means to you. Um. In terms of actually getting somewhere, I'd say Pat because this is Pat's second playoff push. Um, However, they have very similar stats. Although, we'll say this. Deshaun has had seven more starts than Pat. Pat is at 33, while Deshaun is at, like, 40. So, you know, he has seven more starts. One, because, remember, he came in, they have the same rookie year, obviously. He started week three. Pat got his first start week seven. But also, you had that stretch where Deshaun had that non-contact injury in practice with torn ACL, so he had seven starts his rookie career uh, season. So that's where the seven more starts comes in at. So let me ask you again: Who's had the better career, Pat or Watson? I've I'd have to say so far, Pat because he's 
he had that that awesome record breaking season last year. You know, fifty touchdowns, five thousand ninety seven yards to only twelve interceptions. Um, and like I said, this is his second uh, playoff push in consecutive seasons. I agree. I think so far Pat Mahomes has had the better career, and it is because you know that Chiefs offense was seemingly unstoppable last year until the refs got a hold of him. Let me ask you this, because I I've heard a lot of people say this that the only reason Pat is doing so well is because of Andy Reid and the fact that he's the one calling the plays. Um, I've said this before because unlike you, I've seen Pat play before he got to the NFL. And what you're seeing now in the NFL with Pat is very much what he did in college. Um, I do feel like if he went to a different team in 2017, like say if it was Chicago or even... Houston, like I wanted him to go to, um, so I wouldn't have this dilemma now. I I do feel like he would have a good career, possibly even a great one. I don't think he'd have as great a career as what he's having now. Not to, you know, say anything about his ability or anything like that, but Andy Reid is one of these guys that he's very adaptable to the players he has on his roster. He looks at what a guy does well and adapts his offense that way. I will say this about Pat. Um, he did land in a very good spot as a rookie. You know, he got to sit almost his entire rookie year. He had Andy right. Reid, who's considered, you know, an offensive-minded genius. Coach One of the greatest time. offensive minds in the game. And he, he inherited a pretty good team, a team that made the playoffs that same year that he was in. He inherited a team that has Tyreek Hill, that has Travis Kelsey, that has, you know, all these guys. Um, at the time, they had Kareem Hunt, which to me, one of the best running backs in the league. Yeah, last year. Um, right now, they also have one of the who I think could have been one of the really good running back duos had they focused more on running and Shady McCoy and um, Damian Williams. However, both of those guys were hurt during different uh, structures of the season. But I feel like maybe if you focus on running a little bit more, that could have been one of the greater running tandems in the league. However, with someone like Pat Mahomes, how do you not focus on the air game, right? Yeah. Yeah, out of all the teams that are left in the AFC, the Chiefs average the most pass yards per game. I, w- I will say this. I think Deshaun is very clutch because we saw what he did in the fourth quarter against Buffalo last week. Mm-hmm. Um... However, that being said, we cannot play like that. If we play against Kansas City the way we played against Buffalo last week. In the first half? In the first, like, three and a half quarters. Yeah, the 
Okay. The Texans looked then, bad. Then, you know, God for, you know, I know Josh is probably going to kill me for this. But, um, you know, if we, if we play like that, Patrick's going to have a field day. Patrick is going to have a freaking field day. Okay. Because the way we played offensively through the first three and a half quarters of that game, it was just, I don't know what we were doing. I don't know where heads were in that game, anything. And then that offensive line just, they, they, they act like they were on vacation because I can't, I can't even tell you how many times I watched the first half of that game and I, had to see Deshaun Watson running for his life last week. I think this has the potential to be the most exciting game we watched this weekend. The Texans have uh, the worst pass defense left in the AFC, and the strength of the Chiefs is the passing game. Obviously. So I think it's very possible that Pat Mahomes and that offense put up, put up more than 30 points this week. That, that being said, these two quarterbacks... Statistically, are very, very similar this year. Uh, Pat had only five interceptions to 26 pass touchdowns, along with two rush touchdowns. He also had 4,031 yards. Deshaun had similar numbers. Um, If you could read those off for us. We don't have Deshaun's. Hey Siri. We'll we'll get to Deshaun's stats a little bit later. Anyway, Uh, um, but anyway, those guys did have similar stats this year, um, and I I do feel like this is gonna be a very exciting game. I'll tell you defensively for us, the X factor defensively. It's going to be J.J. Watt. Yeah, I mean, J.J. Watt's a big part of that defense. And obviously, the best way to stop Pat is to get him on the ground. And No, to be honest, the best way to stop Pat is not to have Pat on the field. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the Texans... <coughs> the Texans are averaging 125 yards per game on the ground. Which, I mean, if it wasn't for uh, the Ravens and the, and the Titans having such great offensive uh, uh, rushing games, I mean, 125 yards per game, you know, that's only 13 yards behind that's the no, That's no slouch. That's no slouch. In comparison, the Chiefs averaged 98 yards a game this year. On the okay, game. but when you have a guy like Mahomes, you don't really need to focus much on running, as we've, as we've seen. I but mean, you would think that with... with uh, Having Pat Mahomes and that weapon, you know, Tyreek Hill to take the top off the defense, you think that they would open up the run game? Yeah, yeah. That, obviously. But that being said, they were with Pat Mahomes at the helm for the last two seasons. In both seasons, uh, the Chiefs ended the season with 12 and 4 records both years that's 24 and 8 as a starter for 
Patrick Mahomes in the last two years. So that's pretty good. All right, I'm going to do a little compare and contrasting with uh, the statistics of this season, Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Um, Pat Mahomes only played in 14 games this year in comparison to Watson, who played 15. And the only reason he didn't play that last game is because they... They sat him. Yeah, they sat him because they they clinched that playoff spot. Um, Pat's QBR for the 2019 season, 105.3. Deshaun Watson had a 98 QBR. Um, Pat Mahomes threw for 180 more yards approximately in one less game. Um, They both threw 26 touchdowns, but Deshaun Watson threw seven more interceptions. Um, Pat Mahomes this year was sacked 17 times, whereas Deshaun Watson was sacked 44 times. And I told you earlier, a big part of that is the fact that Deshaun likes to hold on to the football. And the Chiefs are actually the best team left in the AFC when it comes to sacking the quarterback at 2.8 sacks per game. Okay, so... Texans are last in that regard, at two. That being said, what's your score prediction there? My score prediction for this game... Keep in mind that it's in Arrowhead, so... I think that this game ends um, 41-35, to Chiefs win. Mm, Me... 49-42. In terms of who would win, I don't know, actually. Um, it, it really depends on, to me, who, who can slow down the quarterback the best. Let's bounce back to the conversation we were having earlier about the best career. I think we both said that Pat so far has had the better career. <clears throat> In less games. But what if Deshaun Watson wins this game? Do do you now switch your... Does he now have the better career? Well, that would remain to be seen, wouldn't it? Because if Deshaun wins this game, he then goes to the AFC title game where he has to play, presumably, the Ravens, right? Okay. And do the Ravens have enough to stop Sean? Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Texans. If that's the, the case. So, what I'm getting is, from you is that even if Deshaun wins this game, Pat still has the better career in your mind. Yes, but I would say it goes back to him having Andy Reid as his play caller. I feel like if he didn't have Andy Reid. The the stat lines wouldn't be as favorable on his side as they are. I agree. Because I don't think without Andy Reid he even makes the AFC title game last year. I agree to a certain extent, but I think it's a little bit unfair. Well, it depends on where he goes in, in 2017. Because if you don't have Andy Reid, that means you don't go to Kansas City, right? Yeah. So where does he go in 2017? Let's say that they were flipped. Let's say that Pat went to Houston and then Deshaun went to the Chiefs. Do you think Deshaun would have had, you know, a similar season to Pat having last year? I feel like 
Deshaun Worth has a better career simply because O'Brien. The thing about Bill O'Brien is that Bill O'Brien wants you to be a certain type of quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Where Andy Reid kind of just lets you do whatever you're best at, right? We saw it in Philly where when he had McNabb. McNabb, yeah, he could get out. He could do a couple of things with his feet, but he was predominantly a pocket passer, right? You're talking about late 90s and early 2000s where the pocket passer was the prototypical quarterback. And we even saw it with Alex Smith when he spent the five years in Kansas City under Andy Reid. So Andy Reid has the uncannable ability to allow a quarterback to do whatever their best at. Does Bill O'Brien let Patrick Mahomes do it if he goes to Houston? Maybe a little bit, but I feel like Bill O'Brien would more want Pat to be that pocket guy more than anything. Because I saw it when Bill was at Penn State, which you don't know anything about because you don't watch college football. But, But when he was at Penn State... He wanted Trace McSorley, who was his quarterback back then, to be that pocket guy. And McSorley was a pocket guy. But he also could do a lot of things with his feet. But he saw him more in the pocket because that's where O'Brien coaches. So are you saying that having Bill O'Brien as a coach has kind of uh, hindered Watson's uh, ability? Not so much. I feel like maybe a little bit because I feel like if he had, um, you know, an Andy or even a Pete Carroll, like he'd be able to be more creative with his ability to get out. Mm. And not saying O'Brien doesn't let him do that. I just feel like O'Brien wants him to be in the pocket more often than anything. But, again, that that goes back to the question of does Mahomes have what he has if he goes to a different team? And, I, and I've said this before. I feel like he would have had a really good career. But I feel like he just landed in the perfect spot for who he is as a quarterback to be able to develop. Because I'm not sure if Andy Reid isn't running that offense, I'm not sure what kind of quarterback Patrick Mahomes is. Fair enough. Um, To go, to bounce back for a second, I don't know if we ever got your prediction on who's going to win Texans or Chiefs. Because that's really hard to say for me, personally. Um, Well, it's in Arrowhead. It's... I'll give you, I'll give you two scores, okay? If Kansas City wins... To me, somewhere around 49 to 42, because I do feel like this is going to be a shootout. 
if Houston wins, possibly 35-28, because again, I believe it's going to be a shootout, but obviously that, that Chiefs offense is a little bit better, um, but we've seen games where 